Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. And in our first home game of the season, we recovered from a horrible performance against Bournemouth to be Everton 2-1. Of course, we'll talk about that in a moment, while Frankie's spicy question brings a bit of heat to proceedings too. It was so good to see uh, Villa at Villa Park putting on a good performance and getting that getting that win. Yeah, Frankie, how did you how did you see it? First sixty minutes, I didn't love it. I thought it was uh, just about good enough. And then when Buendia came on the pitch for Coutinho, I thought Villa looked far far better. You know, I mean, look. So first half, um, Everton. Uh, we mentioned it last week that they set up against um, at home against Chelsea with five at the back, essentially, which could be a hybrid three at the back. And um, with Connor Cody and Tarkowski and Mason Holgate, and then you've got Yerry Mina to come, in, to come back as well, and Mike McKean on the bench. That's a very physical back three. So mm. Villa made the right choice to go with two with Watkins and Ings, I think, to deal with that, considering what happened against another back three last week. I was surprised... No, I wasn't surprised at how um, defensive Everton were because I actually called that they would do that. But it it's still quite surprising to see Everton come to Villa Park and be that ultra-defensive. Um, they're almost a little bit like Burnley, in a way. Tarkowski mm, and Dwight yeah. McNeil there as well. So, yes, it was always there was always going to be a massive testosterone-fueled muscle around the centre of the park, which I think Coutinho got a bit lost in. He couldn't impose himself on the game. And it's the second week in a row that he's not been able to really get into the game. Um, but the first goal, um, I thought uh, McGinn did really well with the long ball forward to um, Ollie Watkins. Rio Ferdinand made a good assessment on BT Sport where uh, Ducore lost uh, Coutinho as he was running forward. Um, so there was that little bit of space for Ollie Watkins to hit the pass across the area. And uh, Ings, what a fantastic finish that was. Yeah, it was an absolutely, it was a proper striker's finish, as they say in, in, in the dictionary. Yeah, I, I didn't love all of it. I thought our best player was Bubakar Kamara. I thought his yeah. uh, breakup of play, his reading of the game was excellent. And then his weight of pass and distribution for a, a deep-lying player uh, was, to be honest, exceptional. Um, and the way he sat back with Mings and Carlos to be able to form a quick back three, um, there's a lot to like about Bubakar Kamara so far from what we've seen. We'll see how that progresses, but I thought he was possibly our man of the match today, if not for Buendia. Buendia, you know what? He reminds me in a way of Jack Grealish. You know, I don't say that he's as good as Jack Grealish, but he does the same things. When he's not on the pitch, I don't know what Villa are trying to do in the final third. It's all just kind of like... Cash can't get past the man, so he passes it back to McGinn and McGinn sends a lofted ball into the area and we just hope something happens and more often than not, it doesn't. When Buendia's on, suddenly he's working triangles with Danny Ings or he's working triangles with Luca Dina. Um, He's making nice passes to Watkins or Ramsey. He's trying to make things happen in a kind of talismanic way. He's driving the team forward and his weight of pass from deep, his incisive through balls are so supreme that this guy is good enough to play for really high-level teams. And the fact, you know, I think we've said it enough now, but he has to start. He's consistently better than Coutinho. He consistently imposes himself on games in a way that's almost talismanic. Um, so I think when he's in the final third, I kind of see what Villa are trying to do. And it's it's basically give the ball to Buendia and let him try and be a bit of a Grealish for us. Um, and then that second goal, the work he put in, the weight of pass he had to, to Ollie Watkins. Watkins did really well to put the ball back across to him. It was a really nicely worked goal. And also the ball was won back um, by Bubakar Kamara um, to uh, help that set, uh, phase of play happen. 
Uh, and then Everton's goal, Onana looks a real player. He's only on briefly, but he caused us a whole heap of problems. Um, but uh, overall, good enough. Uh, it was extremely stressful. I've gained about 20 years of my... Uh, uh, lost 20 years of my life, I think, watching that in the last 10 minutes. But um, Wendia, that's the that's the bottom line. That's the full stop. That's the period. That's the exclamation mark. Um, what do you make of it, George? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was... Um... First of all, just much needed. I think when the final whistle went, there was probably more relief in Villa Park than celebration. I don't know if you sort of got that vibe too. Um, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like uh, it didn't feel like you know it was a euphoric win or anything. It was just you know we got the three points in the bag and we can we can move on. Um, in terms of the performance, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a much better performance than Bournemouth. I don't think. It could have been much worse, frankly. Um, so it was good to get a bit of a reaction, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a classic by any stretch. And we had a conversation before um the game started that often 12:30 kickoffs are like that. And, and also, you know, given given the the heat and everything else, um it uh it's yeah, it's it's, it's worth pointing out. It, like the UK is insanely hot at the moment in a way that I don't think I've ever seen. So yeah. yeah, it's it's been yeah, it's been pretty unbearable. I mean, you know, 30, 35 degree heat for the past sort of three or four days on the bounce is, you know, we just we ain't used to that in this country. Uh, so, yeah, it's tough, tough on the players, obviously, to to kind of get up for that. And, you know, it's not like it's not like either Everton or Villa were, were particularly good at pressing each other, uh, frankly, because I just don't think they had the energy to do it, to be honest. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, I think I think we went into um, half-time deserved winners. Really, I know Everton had their goal disallowed, uh, Gordon's goal, but but I do think we we sort of showed impetus from the from the beginning. And although Everton sort of weathered that storm, I think we did we did control play, and, and Ings's goal wasn't exactly against the run of play. I think we deserved to to get it, and and what a good finish, as you say, it was from him. And um, and yeah, you know, when when the lineup was announced, I looked at it and we both looked at it and we were like, oh, God, here we go. It's the wings connection again. It's where, you know, is it going to work this time or not? And obviously it was Watkins who supplied uh, Ings for, for his goal. So in, in that regard, you know, yeah, it, that, that's how it that's how it can work. Mm-hmm. It does make you think why those two didn't play against Bournemouth together, because clearly they were needed in that game. And um, yeah, it, it, it sort of it, it sort of makes that tactical decision quite quite interesting doesn't it um in in hindsight um and uh yeah Kamara was was superb again you know he was our best player against Bournemouth best of a very bad bunch um but but you know his first home debut he didn't look overawed um put in the challenges where he needed to and and kept things ticking over I mean he really is a bit of a it's a horrible expression but a bit of a metronome in terms of the pace of our play everything seems to come through him first um and uh, yeah, we we can't we can't really go much further without talking about the the, the Ming's inclusion rather than omission this week. Um, we were interested to to know last week, were we, Frankie, whether he would actually um, get a call up this week, and obviously he did, and um, he did what 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 he does. You know, he did 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 the, did the simple things well, um, provided that leadership at the back, which which we which we were lacking against Bournemouth, uh, and got through it, and. Um, yeah, I think I think as well that the Diego Carlos injury makes makes the centre back debate flare up once more, doesn't it? You know, it, it looks like it's going to be a nasty one. I think Gerard admitted after the game that yeah, he's not it confident. Sucks. It's it really it's, yeah, it's terrible. You know, it's home debut. 
he'll be he'll be devastated um kind of there's no other word for it uh i'm sure he would have wanted to kick on and um and prove himself uh at the villa so you know second game in to 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 succumb to an injury like that is 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 awful but you know we you know we now need to think about who who will be our center back partnerships will 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 he will gerard go in for another center back in the transfer window while it's still open i don't i don't know mm-hmm. but chambers came on and and did his bit really good tackle at the end to prevent everton from equalizing so maybe mings and uh, and chambers will be the the partnership going forward but um yeah no i i think i think a lot to be a lot to be pleased about Coutinho, as you say was quiet but Buendia, when he came on did the business i'd i'd like to see as i think we We've both said this enough times. We'd like to see Wendy a start yeah. over Coutinho. Coutinho, Coutinho did, did come off yeah. with a bit of an injury. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, totally ahead of Coutinho. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to I'm play not, not going to waver in my belief on that either. Like I've heard a lot of people say they prefer Coutinho over time, and I'm like, I just, no, no. Point there, he just is. Just he's more consistent. He's more physically imposing. He's more ca- He's more consistent at like every game he'll do something and I don't think get that vibe off Coutinho. Coutinho is a player who flips in and out of being some games is absolutely fantastic, but a lot of games he sort of isn't really involved. And I don't know whether that's the mm-hmm. quality of player around him or what, but Wendy just seems to be more consistently effective for me. That's my, that's my, but they, I mean, but this, that's my opinion and I'm sticking this, to it. This is, this is the part of this is the whole point of having a a, a good squad, having yeah, a squad depth. Is, yeah. is that is that no matter no matter the name, no matter the you know the the, the value, the transfer value, um, you, you've got someone who's a ready-made replacement on the bench to come on and take your shirt if you're not performing at the levels that are expected. You know, yeah. we, we struggled, we've always struggled really in the last few years with squad depth. So many times we've had players that would just would, would know they'd be in the starting 11, regardless of form. Yeah. Um, we're reaching a point now where we've got a very, very healthy squad, probably too healthy. I would expect to see more departures. Obviously, we saw Keenan Davis leave today. There'll be a few more, I'm sure, before the end of uh, August. Yeah. Um, but we still have a, a decent a decent sized squad there so so that if, yeah, if you're not performing, someone else can come in and... and and you know, try and uh, try and lift, so, try and lift the, the club through. So basically, the first game of the season, Villa were terrible, right? Um, and we can I think mm. a lot of fans were shocked by what happened. In the sense, you know, you can face losing away, like it happens, but to lose in the manner we did, where we were so abject and didn't create anything and just looked clueless, really. Um, did what you saw against Everton? Did that kind of, you know. Um, ease your mind in a way do you, do you think you have a better idea of what Villa are trying to be here or um yeah I, I think so I think so I mean as I said when I saw when I saw the team sheet I was a bit I was a bit um I wasn't too impressed with it mm. um you know I, I did think I did think Bailey wasn't so bad that he deserved to be dropped but as we said in the last show it's the formation thing isn't it I mean, it's clearly. I don't think. I don't think um, Gerard has got anything against Bailey as a player or as a or as a person. Hmm. But but he he is you know he is a natural winger, and I think wingers don't work for us with the other players that we have. With the style I think, of play, think, Gerard tends to like yeah. historically wingers don't really. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Gerard is much more comfortable having his width come from the fullbacks yeah. and not playing wide players ahead of them. Um, and I think against Bournemouth, that sh- that that showed. And ultimately, Gerard has to make the decision where you know 
yeah, Bailey had a great preseason, and yeah, he's a really, really good player. But unfortunately, the position that he plays in isn't a, a, a position that Gerard is comfortable playing as a, as a formation for his for his club, for his squad mm. more generally. So he's the he's the fall guy for that. Um, and yeah, we got the result today. It wasn't particularly convincing. If you look at Everton, I mean, by God, like they've got so many injury problems. They've got so yeah. many problems generally. Yeah, they, they lost. They lost. I think two players to injury in the game itself. You know, losing Decore and Davis coming in. I mean, you're losing a lot of physicality there. Yeah. Um. So so us beating Everton, it's. <laughs> I hate to say because because a win is a win and 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 that's all well and good and ultimately that's that's all that's all that matters at the end of the day but i would have been very very disappointed and very concerned if we had lost to that everton side today at home yeah first game of the season i would have i would no have been striker really... ultra yeah. defensive it would have been a no striker poor, poor squad generally uh you know injury ravaged yeah all that stuff yeah 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 to be honest I, i'm still not wholly convinced that Gerard still knows exactly what he wants. I think he maybe tried to accommodate Leon Bailey's fantastic preseason form and thought he earned a start, which he did, to be honest, against Bournemouth and went with a formation that maybe Gerard just isn't. It's just not what his is not his natural forte, really. So went back to something he's not tried and tested before last season, which that diamond with Watkins and Ings up front. It's a bit all over the place. You know, we win three on the bounce last season with it and then go and lose four in a row, I think, with the with the same formation, I, I think. So um, I'm still kind of on the fence about where Villa exactly are at the moment. I think we've certainly signed mm. an absolutely excellent player in Bubakar Kamara, which gives me a lot of hope. And it's a sh- it's absolutely gutting that Diego Carlos has got injured because he's that nasty physicality that we've really, that sort of bite at the back that we've needed. And um, But... Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I'm still not wholly sold on it yet at the moment, but we'll see. And I mean, look, if, I mean, what Villa absolutely have to work on is defending set pieces. I have absolutely no mm. idea what's going on since pretty much Wren in pre-season, but Wren, Bournemouth, and now Everton. Um, every time a corner comes into the box, or a significant proportion of times it comes into the box, the Villa players look like panicked. You remember, like last season, like Leicester mm. just for some reason could not defend set pieces, and um, yeah. we want to. We, we need to work on it on the training grounds to make sure that we don't end up becoming that team this season. Because um, that was the, it, it's quite a worrying trend that's emerging, and you can't have it that every time a ball goes into the box, any time you know a big a big lad a big big lad comes up to the top of the pitch and. Um, gets a run on one of Villa's defenders that they think they're going to score. Um, that's certainly something Villa needs to work on. I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. That definitely does seem like a like a bit of a black spot for us. And and obviously with Carlos being out for a for a significant period of time, that's going to hurt us in that department too as well. Because because I think that's one of the reasons why he was brought in to give us that kind of aerial threat and defensive uh, ability as well. Um, so yeah, that is that is a concern. But hey, you know we got but the first win. A win's a and, win, George. Uh, and a win is a win. And we it. seem to like beating Everton. I don't know what like we we, we found a team that we yeah. like beating. Amazing. Yeah. We always have like a bad. It always feels like we can't beat a team for years. Like at the moment, it seems to be well, obviously United at, at home, but Spurs and West Ham and teams like that for some reason we seem to be in bad form against. But. Um, 
we've just hit some kind of hoodoo against Everton. Ever since we came back to the Premier League, we just seem to beat them generally. Yeah, well, well I think what is it? Is it the most played game in English league football? It is. The Everton, and I, I, I think I think we're starting to pull away on the old uh, on the old results fronts. But yeah, no, it's 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 good, and uh, you know, three points on the board, and. As you say, I, I think I think there's still there's still questions that that, that are lingering there about what formation we, we're going to sort of choose going forward, what personnel, um, and yeah, hopefully over the next few games that will become a lot more settled. But you know, I, I think as long as the transfer window remains open, there's going to be that that sense that we're we're still a little bit of a team in flux. I, yeah. I was I was kind of hoping that all the early transfer business that we did would would mean that we wouldn't have to worry so much about that, but. But I think, particularly again now with Carlos's injury, there's a few things which are still up in the air transfer-wise. So once that shuts, I think I'll be much happier, and um, hopefully, and uh, and yeah, then we can sort of focus all our energies on just playing the playing the games in the league. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Things are about to get as hot as the burning sun here on the All Villa No Filler podcast. As I ask you, George, Villa have been very active in this transfer window. Would you like to see them sign anybody else before the window slams shut? Well, what a, what a way to end the last section then, to go into this spicy question. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah. Yes. It's almost like you're yes, ready to I do. <laughs> it's, almost like, it's almost like I read the script. Um, but... but uh, but you know, well now now that Carlos is 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 probably going to be out for the foreseeable future. I mean, I really hope that there's some positive news that comes out tomorrow. But yeah. by the looks of things, it doesn't look like it's going to be particularly good news for us yeah. or him. Um, so that possibly means that with with particularly with Courtney Horse likely to move on. There's really strong rumours that he's off to. Um, Watford joining Keenan Davis there. Yeah. Uh, if he does go, then then all of a sudden you're looking at the centre back um, position and thinking oh, we're looking a little little bit lighter than 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 we would have wanted to be. So that's potentially an area that we might need to look at uh, before the end of August um, for sure. And then the other area I would look at personally, if we could improve or strengthen, would be up front um, because. I think particularly if we're going to go with two up front, mm. if Gerard is committed to playing the formation that we play today going forward, just having Watkins and uh, Ings there um, is a is a bit of a worry, and and also that they're strikers that he didn't bring in himself. You know, they're they're Dean Smith's um, signings. So, you know, if 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 he is if he is committed to playing two up top in his way, his formation, I'd. I'd be interested to see whether he would like to bring in one of his own strikers, if you know what I mean, mm. um, and and uh, you know give them a chance or at least have them as backup if anything happens to Ings or or Watkins because you know Watkins he does have a little bit of an injury track record. Ings does too. You know you, you'd, you'd think over the course of the season they'd probably miss a few weeks each between them. Um, so if that does happen, then that could be a worry. So yeah, I, I think for me. It'd be probably replacing Carlos. Hopefully not, but if we need to, then we should look at that. And then, um, yeah, someone someone in the striking position, I reckon. Yeah, I, if I'm honest, I 
if I was to guess whether Villa were planning on bringing anyone else in, I I wouldn't have been surprised if there was a sort of a surprise loan late in the day. Or, you know, I think I think Gerard does want his own striker at Villa. Uh I think he rates Watkins and Ings, but I there's I think Ings kind of doesn't isn't really able to put himself about in the way that Watkins can in that like Watkins can his just has a real sort of engine and seems to be all over the mm-hmm. place and create run creates a lot just by running around a lot. It, but you'd say that Ings is probably a more natural finisher, and Watkins, where his flaws are, that his hold at play can sometimes let him down a bit, and occasionally, like you saw it against Everton today, Leon Bailey put him on a plate to finish the game, three one. And you're thinking Watkins is a quality striker. He's a good, really good player. But the first touch took him away from the goal and gave the Everton defence a chance to get to block it. And Pickford ended up making yeah. a save. And I think that Gerard would look at that and think there are strikers out there who would take a touch and score on a more consistent mm. basis. On another day, Watkins does do that. But you can't always trust him to get the touch just right. Um, so I think whilst they're both really good strikers, there's what you'd what he's probably wants is a striker who can hold the ball up better, which is weirdly what Keenan Davis does. But Keenan just yeah. doesn't really seem to have that knack of scoring goals, which Watkins and Ings do have. I really like mm-hmm. both Ings and Watkins, particularly Watkins, but um yes, I think there are you know, but it who the hell's out there? I have no idea. You know what striker could come in and do all those things that isn't going to cost millions for millions. I, I I don't know. There's probably other you know, others out there who could suggest who to look at. But you know now that Diego Carlos has got that injury, I think I saw that Greg Evans had mentioned that Villa may go back into the transfer window, and that'd be you know Villa are looking for a, another big defensive signing late in the day. It's going to be very expensive. Mm. Um, and they're going to want someone with a similar level of physicality and that's going to be hard to find now as the weeks close in and uh, it's a real shame to lose him really Um, settled in pretty quick Uh, and yeah so I think if I was to bet what happens the next few weeks I'd say maybe maybe alone but a defender I could see coming into Villa Maybe a young defender. I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be. I think that I, I basically think Johan Lang and Christian Perslow will, and whoever in the scouting department will be looking high and low for someone to come and fill in that position. I mean, look in fairness, you know, Concer and Chambers are both really good defenders, who, uh, but um, you know, and you'd think Mings will be the starter, but um, yeah, Carlos was an upgrade, I think, and. Uh, just a real shame that Villa are now to look in the defensive department. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think another another number eight has been mooted as well as someone that Gerard was quite keen to bring in. Yeah, I'm not sure. Before, I, not sure I get that one, but you know, yeah. No, I don't. I, I mean, I think I think there's there's strong rumours that Luis is going to um, renew his contract, which mm. would be warmly received. I think if I think if that does happen. Then I think maybe that puts that search at an end. I think maybe perhaps Gerard was looking at alternative options in case he needed to 
sell Luis on. Um, but if Luis is, is committed to Villa, then you're thinking, well, we're probably quite stacked in that in that area of the field now. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that personally. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll 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 see. I think. I think yeah. I I wonder with Watkins and Ings, he'll give them the season, and if he's you know he's if he's not pleased with one of them or both of them by the end, then maybe that will be the kind of the marquee scene signing we make next summer. Mm. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I think I think I'd, I'd I would be surprised if if he did sign a striker. It's, that's just purely something I would like to see. I think just to give a bit more security in that in that um, area of the pitch. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game now. That's Crystal Palace away. Frankie, how do you think that's going to go? Yeah, um, look, this is recorded before Crystal Palace play against Liverpool, uh, which I believe is on Monday night. Uh, They're playing Liverpool away, so, you know, who knows how that'll go. Um, But Palace... Um, they're an exciting team. Uh, they have a lot of interesting young players. Eberich Yeze, I think, is really good. Wilfred Zahar, obviously, is going to be their danger man. Um, seems to it seems to always get a bit bit of needle when he plays Villa. It always gets a bit. Mm, I don't know. He seems to have a run in with our fans or so. I don't know. Maybe he just does that in every game he's in. He's just maybe it's just a you know um, bit of a wind up merchant for the fans or whatever. But he's a quality player. Um, and they've got some good players, Odson Edward as well, and um, then Tyreek Mitchell as well, I rate, their fullback. So, um, you know, they played 4-2-3-1 at home against Arsenal. Arsenal's 4-3-3 and did them, beat them 2-0. Uh, Arsenal, an interesting team to watch. So, you know, if they get heavily beaten at Anfield, which could happen, um, that's two losses that that they're now following up and coming to Selhurst Park. So they'll be very amped up to write that and uh, get a result against Villa. Now, last season when Villa played Palace, I thought that was actually one, possibly our best performance of the season or close to it, at least. Uh, we won 2-1. Um, I think it was Ming, um, McGinn scored a great goal and uh, Matt Target, now of Newcastle, uh, scored as well. Uh, and uh, in that game, it was Ramsey and uh, McGinn were covering a lot to help the fullbacks. I wonder if Villa will do a similar tactic. Um, it's kind of difficult to, until you see the, the Liverpool game, how Palace might approach it. But look, you know, they've got attacking players. Eze uh, and Zaha are going to be at it. And so Zaha, you know, that's going to be Cash's job to stop him. He's going to need some support as well, likely from Kamara and I think on that side, McGinn. Um, and then uh, Eze as well. That would be a job for Kamara to stop him. Um, to, our central defence, I think Diego Carlos is a big loss for that game. And Mings was the right, it was the right call to bring him back. I think we, you know, we made the call last week. I think most Villa fans and podcasts did as well that Mings should really be called back into the team. And I think he made a difference against Everton. So I think he'll, you know, he's really is that kind of vocal presence at the back that Villa lacked against Bournemouth and we needed. Um, so yeah, he'll be he'll be there. Um, uh, it's 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 hard to call it. I think Palace will definitely create chances. It'll be a very, it'll be a big atmosphere. Um, but I'm going to say draw. I think it'll be mm-hmm. a one-one draw. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think generally our games against Palace are always relatively tight affairs. Uh, they kind of tend to go 
either way. They're, they're, they're very difficult to call. Um, mm. I think our, our our record at Selhurst Park is in recent seasons hasn't been that great. I think um, you know, obviously we won there uh, last season. That's right, we didn't we? Yeah, because it was yeah McGinn's McGinn's goal wasn't it last season? Yeah. Um, so that was obviously a really, yeah, really, really good result uh, there. Um, they haven't been too active in the transfer window. I think they brought in um, that defensive midfielder, Czech uh, Decore. Yeah, Decore. Highly rated. Very good. Yeah. He's apparently a very good signing for them. Um, not a player um, I've been too clued in on, but I have seen a lot of people really saying how good he is. So that sounds like a good signing for them. Yeah, no, I, I've heard I've heard good things. I think they brought in Sam Johnston uh, from West Brom. I think they might have brought in a, a centre back from Bayern Munich, but but yeah, they they haven't they haven't been that that active. Obviously, they've they've lost Conor Gallagher in terms of his yeah. loan coming to an end. Big uh, loss for them, Chelsea, and he's he's a big loss for them for sure. Um, Benteke, he's gone now, hasn't he? Benteke. Oh yeah, he's off to the USA. He's off to the USA. Um, not that he probably would have played, but there we go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Palace do have a really difficult start to the season. I mean, as you say, you lo- they lost to Arsenal and then they play Liverpool away uh, on Monday. Then it's us, obviously a very difficult game against the mighty Villa. Yeah. And I think they've got, they've got um, City and Newcastle, I think on the horizon away, uh, Newcastle away. So, you know, that's a really hard, hard start for Patrick Vieira. Yeah. So, you know, if we can take advantage of that, then, um, then that would be, that would be so much the better. I think in terms of our, run at the start of the season as well we've got to we've got to push on now get some points in the bag the Bournemouth yeah. defeat means that we need to start accruing points early on because looking at our fixtures we, we do have a decent start Palace being one of the games where you'd hope we can pick up something there so um so yeah I'm I'm thinking um I'm thinking we, we do get something at, at Palace I, I'll probably lean towards a draw as well mm. but if I was going to pick a side to win it I'd probably yeah, I'd, I'd, I reckon we I reckon we could do something there. I reckon we could we could pick something up. And I was just gonna I, I wonder I wonder whether with Vieira there might be a bit element of sort of second season syndrome with him. You know, obviously mm. his first season he did very very well. Um, there's expectation now for him to probably push on. I guess yeah, you'd assume yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously they lost they lost Gallagher, so um, you know that's that's going to cost them in the sort of creative. Yeah. creative department so yeah. and he'll have the problem yeah. that teams this season will be a bit more wise into his approach to the game yeah um, yeah totally yeah but you know he, uh, it, it, the same applies to Gerard as well I think teams will be quite wisened up to how he'll want to approach you with Villa but I think Buendia <laughs> I mean I've got it tattooed on my face now I'm going around everywhere <laughs> walking into work with Buendia must start tattooed onto my <laughs> face um <laughs> You know, he's got every, to, he's got to start. He's got to start. Well, every he? time I go for a meal with my girlfriend, the first thing I say is, "Wendy's got to start, hasn't he?" He's like, "Oh, for God's sake, not again!" Oh, <laughs> sat there in the cinema at the back of the, you know, like watching, I don't know, Thor: Love and Thunder, and like, look, it's a good film and all that, but Wendy's got to start, hasn't he? <laughs> you know, everywhere I go, the post office, he's got to start. Um, so yeah, are you, are you just imagine Emmy Buendia's head on on everybody's shoulders when you're walking down the high street or something. I am, and pe- people are like looking at me and like in terror, thinking like, "What's gone? What's wrong with him?" And I'm just talking to a post box, saying like, "Buendia has got to start," um, <laughs> pretending I can see his face. Um, 
And, you know, yes, I think that he is the player that hopefully can unlock um, what would be a compact Crystal Palace team, uh, a tight stadium, you know, that does that does help, I think, their, their home form. But um, uh, I think likely, the, will he go with the two again? Or will he mix it up, uh, Ings and Watkins, or against a back four? Uh, hmm, I'm not sure. So there are things to think about for Gerard this week as to what sort of a lineup he wants to go with. Maybe he'll go to his favoured formation, which is that sort of those two num- sort of number tens, like Wendy and Coutinho together behind one striker, and the fullbacks bombing on. Um, you know that's the joy of having th- a deep squad. He you think away, you, yeah, but you, you think you think away from home. That's quite a that could be perceived as a quite a risky strategy. Yeah, potentially. I, the th- the thing I hope that happens is I just hope we don't resort to doing what we seem to always do when we don't know what we what to do, um, which is that cash will get forward and then like you know, right, it doesn't get past the the their, the opposition fallback, so he pulls it back. And he looks at him again and he goes, right, here you go, John. And John turns onto his left foot and just crosses it into the box. All Like, okay, it works sometimes, but it just becomes a bit repetitive and it becomes the only thing mm-hmm. we do. And often when Buendia's on the pitch, at least we try to be more creative and form triangles and, you know, call, you know force the opposition defence to, you know, drag them around a bit. Um, so I think, yeah, just <laughs> please work on drills this week to make opposition defences <laughs> fear what we are going to do and as I say that likely stems around Buendia I think just give the man a run of games full 90 minutes the lot uh, and just see what happens and maybe he'll become that talisman that Grealish used to be for us Okay thank you everybody for listening I've been your host George Polinski catch you later Frankie See you in a bit George up the villa up the villa and it's goodbye from me too of course we'll be back again to review that Palace game but until then come on Super Aston Villa (laughs) 